The Fend, brought to you by George's Fine Meats in Cherrybrook. Yeah, hello and welcome to The Fen. Great to have your company. Proudly brought to you by our good friends at George's Fine Meats, Cherrybrook. Adam Hall is with you alongside Balmain, New South Wales and Australian legend, Gary Jack. How are you, Gaz? G'day, Adam. How are you, mate? I'm very well and looking forward to our, our special guest today, um, one of the, the greats of the 80s. It's going to be a, a riveting interview and I can't wait to, to have a chat to me, old mate. Yeah, that is right, uh, Jimmy. You've um, let the cat out of the bag. We are speaking to one of the greats from the 80s. Who, well, he's from Parramatta, okay? Let's get, let's get that out in the open. And you played against this yeah. Eels team many times, and many times you came off second best like so many other teams from that era because they were yeah. one of the kind. Who was the, who was the uh, Parramatta player you had the, the biggest trouble with uh, bringing down in defence? Look, they had so many stars from Sterling, Kenny, the Zip Zip Man, Mick Cronin, um, Hunt, and every growth on the wing. Look, the, the hardest bloke that I ever had had to tackle in my footy career would be, without doubt, uh, number number was number five, Eric Growth, uh, the winger for Parramatta. I played against him from '81 all the way through for New South Wales and Australia and City. And what, what a what a devastating runner in his day! A nightmare for any fullback when he's in the clear. Uh, he'll have some great stories to tell, and it, it's it's such a he's a great fella too. It's great to catch up with Eric and just have a bit of a chat about the past. Well, without further ado, here it is: our chat with the great man, the guru, the Ecker, the wrecker, Eric Roth. Yeah, it is our great pleasure to welcome our special guest, one of my absolute favourites from the 1980s. I'm not talking about Gary Jack. This guy, he played 152 games for Parramatta, scoring 78 tries. Nine games for the Blues, three tries for them. Eight games for Australia, scoring 10 tries, plus a stint with Leeds, where he scored 14 tries in 16 games. Not bad going at all. One of, if not the most feared ball runner of his generation, who gave my co-host plenty of headaches. He's best known as the guru. Welcome to the Fend, Eric Growth. Hey, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's great to have you on the show, Eric, so we can reflect on your fantastic career. And how are you? Are you well at the moment? Are you feeling good? Yeah, yeah, feeling good these days, mate. The last uh, yeah, the last few months, it's been a good. little bit better for me. Yep. Just, um, Gary, firstly, do you and Jimmy get on? Are we going to have any fireworks here? Uh, no, we've we've got healthy respect for each other, and um, we're roomies from way back, so we, yeah. we got to know each other pretty well, yeah. Oh, I look forward yeah, to hearing those yeah. stories. I've heard a lot yeah. about Jimmy on tour. Now we we were roomies from I think from city city sides eighty four to New South Wales and Australia many many times. He's a great roomie. Probably I say he's my best roomie I ever had. I had a number of roomies, but Eric was the best roomie. Hang on, he says this every episode when we have someone on. Yeah, what what am I up against? What were the other roomies? Was it Zip Zip? Zip was he one? Zip Zip Et. Um. Yeah. Mal, Mal was once. Um, Hang on, Belcher, Mal, Belcher, didn't Belcher, Belcher? Take your, didn't Belcher oh. take your money? Gary Belcher was the worst roomie I have ever, ever had. Badge, he, he, yeah, he wouldn't <laughs> fart in a phone box. That, that's you know, well, just, none, of, none of them had any personality, so I'm going to write. <laughs> no, well, they, they had nothing. They had, they'd take the money out of the ashtray when you were sleeping. Yeah, that's I, of those I can't believe anyone took any money off you, Jimmy, at all. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was sleeping. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> do you still watch the footy, Guru? Are you still watching uh, the Mighty Eels? Uh, yes, mate. Yeah, definitely. Um, I haven't been to any live games um, last couple of years for, for uh, reasons of COVID and a few other things. But um, yeah, now the game. The game for me has been a lot easier to watch you know, when Melbourne were dominating um, for those for those years. It became a little bit hard to watch, but the last year or so, a couple of years for, for me, it's been a lot better. Yeah, it's been a good standard. Yeah, now, we haven't heard from you for you know, 12, 18 months, and I believe there's a reason for that. Um, Gary, can you explain what you've been dealing with? Uh, yeah, mate, I've, I, I dealt with a little depression and was uh, obviously my fault for the why the depression came along, but... Um, yeah, uh, it's only been the last couple of years, the last eighteen months, um, that I've I've come good and I've um, matured enough to be a decent human being, I guess, in in the way that I, I looked at things through my life and stuff. But uh, four years leading up to um, eighteen months ago, yeah, four or five years, I I did some things I wasn't proud of, and I, I got onto the drugs a bit, and um, yeah, it took me to some uh, deep dark places that I. Yeah, it was a struggle to get out of. And uh, along the way, I, I buggered up a few relationships as well. So, um, mm. yeah, for me, the I've only grown up in the last 18 months. So it's been a, it's been a turnaround for me. Mm. And how are you you're feeling now? You're feeling good now, mate? Yes. Yeah, I, I feel a lot better, mate. Yeah, I've, um, yeah, yeah, I found, I found God a little bit. I've, you know, spiritually, yep. I've, um, I've had to yep. sort of, dig within a bit and uh try and hear and listen to what he's got to say and it's it's really helped me in leaps and bounds to to, to bounce back from um yeah from from that from that sort of thing did, did you find eric that just by talking about or talking to maybe former teammates or helped you to get over it absolutely i, I had a lot of um had a lot of support um the people that um yeah that that really cared about me and they um yeah, that was that was a big thing for me, especially the fellow I live with here, uh, Ted. He um he was he was a, a rock for me, and I had my uh, other friends um that that came through for me as well. That um you tell you tell these things to to them, and they don't they don't judge, and they yep. you know they they're ready to help you. Yeah, Eric. When um when did you realise you had a problem? Um, geez, it would have, it's about. Look, little little bits and pieces over the years. When you look back, I realised the problem started pretty early. Um, I was, um, God bless my mother. She mighty mighty coddled me, um, sort of to an extent where she, yeah, it was a, li- a little bit over the top. But um, I played up to it a fair bit. But it, it made me fairly, uh, yeah, I, I didn't have the uh, the toughness that I would have liked to have had. You know, the, and as I as I grew older. Um, I, I hid a lot of things away. Um, and actually, actually, when I was playing, it was tough for me to sort of put on this or try to pretend to be a tough, be tough in that sense mm. and, and, and handle things. I, I look, I, I was lucky enough to play with so many great players and especially club, club level as well. Um, that made my job a lot easier and I didn't have to show a lot of toughness because I had a lot of toughness around me. And, uh, so yeah, it was a battle that I had. For a long time in footy, and there's a lot of things that I, if I had my time again, I, I'd do differently. But uh, they're all learning experiences, and I, I, uh, as I said, it's the only last 18 months I realised how I presented myself and how, you know, how ordinary that was, and yeah, and it, and it's just been a revelation for me. And you, how was your relationship with your dad, Eric? 
Uh, it was it was good, um, and I and in in the end, I found out that my my dad wasn't my dad, my biological dad. Um, I found that that was uh, geez, it's about ten years ago, eleven years ago, I think. I found out that uh, that he wasn't my my biological oh. dad. Um, but that wow. that was fine. He he did he he helped me you know helped me grow up, and yeah. he was always there for me, supported yeah. me, and stuff like that. So that that was that was fine. Personally, how bad did things get for you? Was there a moment you consider? Rock bottom. Uh yeah, there was a yeah from January last year, um, for about six seven months. It was you know, I'd lock myself away in my room and and yeah, and, and you you start questioning things and I, I went I went through um you know I did some um counselling which was really helpful and got to speak to people that I hadn't spoken to for a while friends that. Um, so yeah, it was all, it was just, a, it was a slow process, but you, you do give it to yourself and you do, yeah, I asked for forgiveness and all that sort of thing. And, and it just went to, um, it, it's just a slow process and you, and it, and it takes that time. And, and I got, I, yeah, I've got to say the last few months for me have been that I've, I've got my head above water and you see a little bit of the light and you let you so you let yourself, um, you don't give it to yourself as much. So that you're saying you sort of you were hating yourself there for a while, were you? Uh yeah, yeah, absolutely. For the for the for what I what I did over the time and you know, the four years leading up to uh, last January and um and then little things that come back through life and you realise that um, you know that that didn't help that situation as well. Yeah, I hated myself terribly. It was um and that's part of the depression. You do hate yourself. You've got no self esteem and and it's hard to it's hard to break out of that. And the counselling was fantastic. Um, that really helps, but it's, it was a slow process, and it took, it took me a fair while. Did you go to the game for for help, rugby league? Did... Um, no, I, I shied away from it. Actually, there was a point where I, I said to my the the band members too, and in, in the band that I'm in, I'm in playing the music, and I didn't want to do anything. I, I I said I needed a break. I wanted to get away from it, and they they obviously pushed in the the other direction. Um, but you 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 lose your love for most things. You, you're just that down on yourself. You, you lose love to want to walk out the door and do something and, and, and greet the bright sunny day. So what's the message you'd like to get out there, if anything? Um, yeah, the, the thing is to talk and, and, and not only talk to, to people, your friends and, and, and your true friends stay, stay with you and they, they don't judge. Um, is to talk within because that's where God is. He's not a million miles away in heaven somewhere. He's actually residing in you. And you can, if you, it's from your heart, it's from your heart and your mind. And it's, and it, and it's something that you, yeah, it's, it, it's heart driven. You, you can, you can feel and you can hear. All right. And you, you're, you mentioned the band. Uh, has that been a big help? You're playing with Spud Carroll. Who else? Mike Whitney. Um, what's the band called again? Uh, true sports, yeah, that's that's been a real revelation in in regards to the what it's called, true sports, and it's not about the the good things that got got us there. It's the it's about the 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 you know the bad things that um, that we learned so much from. You know, the guys like that. Uh, we got uh, Steve Balby, who's the um, who's the bass player for Noiseworks, and um, he's got. He's got a thousand stories. I mean, he's a heroin. He was a heroin addict. He's twenty five years clean, and and to hear his story, you know, you hear those. It was just a it's just a, just amazing, and that's what it's about. The, um, Gavin Robertson, um, as a cricketer, he was dropped from the Australian side um, 
very quickly and he ended up, you know, he ended up in Parramatta Park for a little while. He was struggling to sort of deal with things and we had uh, the other guys. There's so many different little stories, you know, that you don't realise that um, that help help you grow and make you into what you are today. So that's helping you get back out into the community yes. and, yeah, loving life again? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it made a hell of a difference to me. And um, and, and back in, in with the other band as well, you, you once you start loving yourself again, you start loving everything else around you. So, it, it, yeah, that um, all that sort of blossoming, which has been, I'm lucky to have that. I don't know if you want to get into, well, you mentioned drug use there, but were you, when you played, was that a, you know, were you a big drinker or, you know, did you live to excess off the field or? Um, I, I wasn't a big drinker. I mean, I had a, you could you could drink and and sort of party with the guys that you were drinking with, you know, like kangaroo tours and all that sort of stuff. There was always a lot of drink around and, and stuff. But uh, for me, it was uh, the cocaine was the was the issue where it becomes a um, uh, you, socially it can be a, a drug where you can sort of have a little bit and you it it it, it, it yeah it, it it gives you confidence to sort of be okay for the for that period of time. But it's when you have too much, I. I guzzled it, and it, you go within, and you go into deep, dark places as you do that. And that's um, and coming down, you just realise the, the the rubbish that you you did, and yeah, and it was the it was the amount, the amount that did you know become a glutton and and just continued on, continued it, knowing that it would cause those sort of situations if you had too much. But yeah, you just you you just on a downward spiral. What about Eric Junior, mate? Was he was he a help? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Junior was um, was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I, he, him and my uh, youngest son Daniel were the first ones I, I I went to with with certain things and told them all about it. And I mean, they've had their issues and problems in their lives too, but they've uh, they've, they've come good. Um, and they were they were great supports for me. Uh, yeah, they were, they were my go to initially, and and they've been absolutely fantastic. I'll just say that's very honest, Eric. You're what you've just shared with us, and um, when you when was it hard for you when you when you stopped playing footy to just get back into normal life after playing you know first grade for 10, 11 years? I know that was a while ago, but was it hard to transition back? Uh, yeah, at the time, I can't remember going through a lot. I, I remember I, I I felt that I missed it. I going to training every you know every second day, and you you're with the guys, and you have a lot of good moments and times with them, and and the yeah. success that we had at Parramatta, yeah, there's there's times and moments that you feel that it, um, it it's it's hard to it's hard to know that this is the next level, this is the next part of your life, and you've got to yeah, that's right. Now yeah. do do different things. You would have went through the same, Jimmy. I, yeah, I guess. yeah, 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 that's right. It's it, it, there's more to life than just playing footy, and footy's you know consumes you for for ten years, and then you start having a family, and then you know the whole thing changes in your thirties and forties. Um, yeah, you know, I you know myself, I probably didn't grow up till I was, I don't know, probably thirty, maybe even forty before I even grew up. You know, I was just doing yep. dumb things when I was. Sometimes you just got a, the brain of a freaking teenager. You know, it's just just um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can I can relate to what you're saying, mate. Yeah. Um, what changes have you made to ensure that you don't go back down that dark path again? Um, become a different person. Uh, become a person that I should have been all those all those years. Um, just a different way of thinking. Um, very spiritual, spirit, spiritually, yeah, um, yeah. Talking, talking to God. Um, 
you know, reading about the um, Jesus and, and all those sort of things. And um, that, that's been a, a wonderful help for me. Um, right. and, and it's just the, I mean, I, I was considered a, a sort of a mild-mannered sort of a guy that didn't, you know, didn't cause any too much drama and stuff like that. It was, it was away from all that that uh, it was, you know, some of the things that I did that I, yeah, it was it just no, no one knew about. And, uh, and it was just a little fight within that you have within yourself that, and when you go through things like it happened for, you know, for four years up until 18 months ago, it was it highlights all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, for, for, for me, it's just now been the, the such a simple, important things in life. There's such, such a simple thing, you yep. know, getting to know your, your kids properly, uh, the family, how important the family was. I break the family up, you know, so many years ago by being, by having the ego that I had. So, and they've been wonderful, you know, even, even my ex-wife, that, you know, they still accept me and, and, and understand. And I've been so lucky that you have that love and that. Yep. I, I don't know how much you want to share, but when you say there were things you're not, you did, you're not proud of, are we talking relationships, that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Gen- yeah. Generally. Yeah. Just, um, just having the ego, ego to, you know, to, you know, to see someone else, to see a woman, another woman and all that sort of stuff. And then, you forget about your family and then it, it breaks up you're chasing something which is that you already have and it was yeah. just it's just so silly to go anywhere near any of that and um mm. yeah and all that comes floating back you, you i should have done things a lot lot differently i would you know been a lot more loyal to to the family and keeping it keeping the family mm. thing together you know yeah that's right yeah, family's your most important thing eric they'll, they'll be with you Good yep. or bad, they, you know, other people come and go in your lives, but your family's always there. It's such an important human institution, the family, and and, and, and more important than we we really know. Yeah. And uh, on behalf of all uh, the fans listening, uh, Eric, I'm sure uh, everyone's right behind you, and and very pleased to hear that you you're on the comeback trail mm. and you're feeling better about yourself. Mm. Yeah, great. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your support. Mm. Um, all right, Jimmy. Next. Yep. Order of business is uh, your code word for the week. Well, my code word for the week. Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. My code word for the week is frog's eyes. Gartner. Russell Frog's Eyes Gartner. Where have you dragged him from? Oh, it'll become evident later on as we talk Ooh, to Eric. It'll okay. become evident down the track. Rival winger, Russell Gartner. Okay. Yes. Uh, yes. Let's talk. Uh, that was for 10% off your next order of George's Fine Meats Cherubic, by the way, uh, to our listeners. Now, uh, firstly, Guru, we're going to talk some your career now. How did you get the nickname Guru? Um, yeah, long, long story short, um, Jack Gibson had organised at one of our training sessions on Tuesday a transcendental meditation guru to come <laughs> and talk about meditation, how important it was, you know, just not to have the, those wrong thoughts before a game and all that sort of stuff. And he, he, he spoke to us for about half an hour. And at the end of the um, session, he, he asked, was anyone interested? And there was me, Peter Wynn and Dave Lydia that put our names down that we would go take it further and so, and find out about it. And anyway, we did that. Um, and yeah, we, uh, the, the Daily Telegraph at the time found out that uh, we had um, signed up to be uh, become gurus and become meditators and so forth. So the Telegraph rang me and said, oh, can we meet you somewhere? At, uh, it was over at um, Wentworthville somewhere, a park. Yeah. I said, can we get you to sit and 
I, I met up with them. They said, can you sit in the middle of the field, look up oh. at the sun in a, medita- in a meditation? Um, the praying position. manners position? Uh, yeah, not so much the praying manners one, but just just legs crossed and looking up at the sky. And they took a photo of it. It was on the, pa- on the back paper the next day. And then when I got to training the, the next day after that, they all said, oh, the guru, is it? And it just, it just stuck from that. What good a great journalism. good journalism. Bert, where that came from? That came from Brett, uh, didn't it? That came yeah, from yeah, someone who spelled Brett and put Bert in. Bert, Bert is short for Robert Redford. Um, Jack Gibson used to call Brett um, Robert Redford because he was completely the opposite. <laughs> is that right? Oh, yeah. I thought. Because uh, Jack gave Freddie Fittler his nickname, I'm pretty sure. He didn't know what his name yeah. was, so he called him Freddie. Freddie, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bert, yeah, yeah, he, Bert got the nickname, well, Robert Redford. And then, um, from yeah, there he on, he could remember Brad Fittler's name, so Fred. <laughs> what, yeah. um, actually, what are your memories of Big Jack while we're, we're talking about him? What made him such a special coach? Yeah, he's simplistic, how, how sim- simple he was. Um, I remember when he was first signed up by the club and, and uh, John Pidd was our coach in 1980 and we heard that we, Jack was being signed the next year and I remember shitting myself because I knew he had a reputation. He wouldn't put up with lazy lazy pricks like I was and um yeah and when I yeah and I knew I had to sort of um get my get my shit in order and he was fantastic um yeah we were lucky enough to have him have him there and he he just let things sort of flow naturally you know he he had his certain ways and stuff and if you're on his side he was the best bloke to have he was like a a second father and he, he just if he believed in you he looked after you fantastically and he he was just so simple in the way that he did things Okay, did he did he talk more than what we his reputation is? His reputation is that he just had one or two word answers. Did he actually did he actually have a long conversation with Jack? Was that possible? Um, I I seen people have conversations with him, but I I didn't have long ones with him. I, I remember one of the shortest conversations I had with him once was I my form wasn't all real good one for a couple of weeks there, and he he came up to me at training on the Tuesday after we got beat against Canterbury on on the weekend. He said. Uh, Boy, growth, come over here. So I went over to him and and he said, uh, "Have you got problems at home?" I said, uh, I, "Well, I probably did." And I said, "No." <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, "You sure you got no 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 issues at home?" I said, "No, no, everything's fine." He said, "Well, it's not showing on the footy field." Do you know? Uh, do you know who the um, reserve grade coach is? I said, "Yeah, it's Peter Louie." He goes, "Go and introduce introduce yourself to him." And wow. uh, you know. And basically, that was it. You know, he just walked away, and I knew straight away that I'd been dropped. Yeah. And I had to go and see Peter Lewy. And uh, but he just he just did little little things like that. One particular time, I remember him saying to Peter Sterling, asked him about his kicking game. He said, "How can I improve it, Jack?" He said, "Just kick to the seagulls." <laughs> and um, yeah. Peter, you know, three weeks, four weeks down the down the line, he realised what that meant. Yeah, yeah. I know um, Jimmy wants to ask you about your big clashes with Bowman, but firstly, your debut. Uh, you lost, according to my record, you lost to West 21-10, but you scored a try. It was round one, 1979 at Cumberland. Do you remember that? Wow. No, I don't. I, the score was 21-10, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, that's according to my stats, which could be wrong. I think I think that's right because I remember Eric Jr., his first uh, first grade game was against West, and he scored a try too. So we have that in common. I remember that coming up a little while ago. Okay. Jimmy? Does Eric, I'll take you back, does round 19, 1981, does that make you shiver in your boots when <laughs> Parramatta played West? I, I remember, I remember. yeah, I remember I was going to be playing against you and I remember who is this fella. <laughs> and um, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, we were look, we 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 were in fine form, and you guys were sort of just um, a young team. Well, I, I was actually I was playing for West, not Balmain in those days. No, that's correct. Yeah, Greg Hartley was referee that game, and do you remember what happened to Greg Hartley? Uh, no. He did a hamstring. And that he, day. He, had, he had to leave the field after 25 minutes and another referee came on to replace him. Uh, is he, that, okay. Is that why he's saying he got beat? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that's, yeah. Well, he wasn't known as a Parramatta ref. But he well, did his hamstring. He was, he was chasing you. I think you scored three tries in freaking 20 minutes and you've torn his hamstring as, he, as you're galloping down the sideline. A teaching. I do remember... <laughs> Before that game, my cousin Scrubber said to me, because I, I played first grade round four and I hadn't played for 15 weeks till this was the this is my first game back in first grade and I'm facing a, a white hot Parramatta side. And my cousin Scrubber said to me, G Jack, he's called me G Jack all the time. He said, Maybe not 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 good to play this game. Play next week against Penrith. <laughs> <laughs> Did you speak Penrith the week after? Oh, we flogged him the week after. Okay. And he was 100% correct because I remember big Eka, I call him Eka the Wrecker, not Guru. Eka the Wrecker got in the clear. He went to Ian Schubert. He went, he just brushed Ian Schubert away like he was a bit of confetti. And I was, oh, my God, he's running at me. <laughs> and that was, you You were terrorising back in 1981 when you came to me. I said, how am I going to tackle? Like his stride was like a 10-metre stride. I was like, ridiculous. You you had a lot of people running at you that particular day. Yeah, you, your forwards oh. weren't all that great. Yeah. I mean, with all due respect, and, and yeah, yeah. You, you you were getting a lot of people running. I was, at you I was getting day. hammered. Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah. I, I topped the tackle count that day. Um, yeah. <laughs> so how did that one end up? How did it? Well, end up it was, put it this way: I told you Harley and his hamstring it was twenty three nil at half time, and then up thirty two points to five um, that day. And uh, Eric got two. I think the zip zip man got two. And I remember, I remember going into Cumberland Oval and it was the old Cumberland and all we had was a hook on the wall and I put my bag on the hook and all and the, all the people with their feet were hitting the grandstand. All this dust was coming down. I said, well, welcome, welcome to Cumberland Oval. <laughs> Can we back um, this up a little bit? Did you tackle Guru or not? No. I, I, that, that, and that, I, I showed him the sideline and he, and he took it and um, I misjudged how quick he was. And uh, he scored in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, that's the game I got in a fight with P. Sterling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he, he tackled me on the try line. He, he threw one at me and he said, oh, yes, so-and-so. I said, who the hell are you, mate? <laughs> who are you? Uh, pick, pick, picking on big blokes again, are you, Jimmy? Yeah. Well, I think because I was the littlest bloke in the team because Dallas was there and Bobby Coop was there. <laughs> I was the smallest bloke, so still I thought he'd pick on me and get a victory. Well, shorten him up, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, playing <laughs> playing with uh, Sturlo, Kenny, um, Ella, Cronin, et cetera, et cetera, did you realise you were in a team that was building towards greatness at the time? Uh, mate, it was, yeah, look, it was it was pretty special. And, and what I was talking about before, I had so many good players around me. I mean, there were so many opportunities. Really just me, me, and, me and the Crow had a bit of a muck around at training all the time. And when Jack or whoever was coaching was, was – um, we're saying we talk, we're talking about moves, and there was me and Mick just on the on the uh, outskirts of the field, and just uh, waiting for them to organise their stuff in the middle of the field for the training session. And and we look at each other and say, "Oh, we'll just we'll just back up, eh? We'll just back up." But that's that's all I had to do. That's all I had to do was to was to follow and just. I mean, 
it's zip zip had an off day which was very rare you know still would be on or bread would be on and it'd be pricey and then there's the crow and it's just yeah it was just yeah. amazing to be part of any of that yeah it was absolutely amazing amazing sorry my phone just rang sorry um, ab- abs- absolutely amazing. <laughs> Where it was Sturlo, uh, and I think the Zip Zip, he he was six early on there in um, in eighty one, and then he got moved to centre, and Bert came from centre back into five eight, and your st- your run started in eighty one when you went through the obviously won the competition when Brett was there at six and Zippy was at seven outside Mick, and yeah. you, know, you were there and like what a, what a backline you, you yeah for for the next five or six years it was all um. What a backline, the Parramatta backline, and um, you know you, you, you probably yeah, you probably could have your fullback was okay. Squizzy was a good fullback, but he was only tiny. He wasn't your typical attacking fullback, but did the job. And you had Neil Hunt on the other wing. He was a pretty fair first grader as well. So you know your, your backline was white hot. You, you, we could always sort of challenge you in the forwards, but your backline just used to destroy us all the time. Yeah, mate. We look the beauty of some of that was that. We had players who could play certain, you know, different positions. A zip could play five eight halfback and centre fullback, you know, wing. Um, Bert was the same. He was uh, an all rounder where he could play anywhere. He was tough enough to play lock. Um, and you know, Sterling Stirl- could play five eight halfback and fullback. He played fullback as he was coming through uh, the ranks. And yeah, so we had we had the ability to be able to interchange. And as you said, Paul Taylor was. Um, was a fullback and he interchanged defensively and in, in attack with Sterlow. Sterlow would go fullback and, and, and Taz would go halfback yeah. and he could play. Those guys could play anywhere. Yeah, I, I think another strength was he's just played what you see. There weren't any moves there. It was just throw it around and, and whatever. You know, you're on an angle off Brett or something or Mick Cronin would, would pop and deliver. And you just played what you see and that, that was – you were unstructured, Parramatta, and that was you played to your strengths. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's the simplistic side of things I was talking about with with Jack. There was no great game plan, and he realised the um, the ability that was in the team with guys like Zip and, and Bert and Sturlo that they they would play what was in front of them, and, yep. and that's exactly how it unfolded. Yeah. yeah. One thing you're uh, renowned for is the try in 1983, the semi final against Canterbury. It gets replayed over and over. You palmed off about half the team when you got that pass. I can't remember who passed it to, but when you got that pass. Were you thinking try, or did you just just ran and just saw it happen? Yeah, no, there was. Yeah, I remember it was Steve Eller that passed me the ball, and, and normally when Steve runs out of room and he's got nowhere else to go, he passes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but um, we, we've had a running sort of a, a muck around joke about that, Sip and I. But um, that particular day, yeah, he got swung around by I think Chris Mortimer had him, and he sort of swung him around, and then as Zip swung around, the ball came to me. And I just I just went the opposite way. I couldn't go I couldn't go right because that's where the sideline was. And it just it just opened up. It just I, I went this way and went that way. And it just sort of it because all the defense was coming across that way. And then all of a sudden it was um I was going the opposite way, then they had to adjust and it just it just sort of opened up. Yeah. So are you yeah. saying Steve Eller is claiming a try assist for that one? He does, but I yeah, I squash I squash that straight away. He, I, I told him I told him he's a hog, and he only passes it when he when he runs out of room. Yeah. So so you beat six that day, Eric, to, to score the try. Like when you're a young fella playing footy, did you used to purposely used to palm blokes off, or when did when did that, that lethal palm was that always part of your, your game plan when you were growing up as a kid? 
No, mate. I, it's yeah, when I when I look back and, and when people used to talk about it, I used to, I used to think it it, it 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 was born out of the simple fact that you just wanted to go forward and, and get to the line as, as as best possible, I guess. But yeah. I didn't have any preconceived ideas that I had to do that or I didn't train for it or anything like that. It was just a natural process to want to get away from someone that was coming coming at you or sideways yeah. or, or whatever and then just if someone was coming in low with their shoulders, it was for me the natural movement was then to sort of come come in as a ball and 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 try and bump it off with your with your elbows as well as your um your upper body. Yeah. It just came naturally. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, because you could change from you you could change from left hand to right hand depending where the tackler was coming from, which was a huge advantage for you because they couldn't get hold of you because you'd had such a long stride, but you could palm them off. Um, as a kid, were you a were you a good sprinter as a kid? You must have been a like a, a state champion or something, or, or definitely at that because you were so quick. Um, yeah, look, it was again, it was all nat- natural. Um, um, my father was a uh, uh, a mountain climber in his day. He had, he had he had pretty strong legs and stuff, but I just naturally had this this speed, and yeah, I, I, I could run. It was it was all when it when it when things as you get older, when things when you had to actually you have to train the natural part of it starts dying off and you have to stay in tune with the, yeah. the current athletes at, at the time and around 84 around 85 86 i started losing the ability and I, as i said i was a lazy prick of a thing so it was hard to it was hard to maintain that uh, you had to you had to really train to to maintain it so once i yeah. started losing my natural ability and stuff like yeah. that that's when it it started going downhill a yeah. bit, but it was all yeah. I just it was naturally fast. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. You, you had your, sorry, Jimmy, you kept your speed for round one, nineteen eighty-six, the opening of the stadium. I'll never forget because it wasn't just attack; it was defence. You used to uh, Michael O'Connor took an intercept, he took off, and then he looked home at hose, and then here comes growth from the other side of the field. You got to him, but you just couldn't quite, you couldn't quite drag him down before the try line. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was a cross kick by. Um, Paul the Mears. Paul, it was, Mears, actually yeah. it was a it was an old Jack Gibson move uh, to kick the ball from one side to the other, but just kick it along the ground and let the ball roll and and and, and go whichever way it wants to go. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike, Michael O'Connor being the great player that he was, he just picked picked it and, and went. But uh, it, for me, it was too late. I had to sort of try and chase, and he had a little bit on me. But um, yeah, it was just uh, if the. Yeah. If it was a little bit longer, about ten minutes longer, I might, I might have got him a little bit. Well, more. well, Eric, I think you're underselling yourself there because you ran on the diagonal; he ran straight down. So you've had to cover about an extra five or six meters to, to get him, um, and yeah. you just you just got him on the trial line. So it was a fantastic chase. Yeah. And Snoz is no slouch. Snoz is one of the quickest blokes that, that you know, we, we played with, and um, I'll never forget forget that chase um, at the opening of the stadium. It was a it was a great great moment in footy. Yeah, yeah, lots of great, great moments. Thank you. Yeah. Lots of great moments. And that's the only time St. George scored that day too, by the way. Sorry to our Dragons listeners. 36-6 that one. I enjoyed that game immensely. The, when you talk about bumps and swerves, there's another try. I was a really young bloke. Uh, this one this one sort of brought me to tears. I'm happy to admit that now. Um, 1984 preliminary final against St. George. So Parramatta, I'd grown up. Parramatta made the grand final. That's just what happened. They won three in a row. But here we were late in that preliminary final against St. George, down seven points to four. And, and it hit me that, hey, we're not going to make the grand final. This is this is not supposed to happen. And then you got the ball and you you, you bumped. You carried Sludge Rogers across the line, I think, to score in the corner. And was it Sludge? I'm not sure. Eight seven. Uh, Paramount yeah, got was, up and yeah. went to the grand final. The four straight grand finals, which you ultimately ultimately lost. But that moment, 
Uh, that must have been exciting. Uh, you look, it was. Like, look, we, we were getting beaten most of the game. They 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 had the um, they had us that day, and it was a low scoring game. Um, and they they'd scored a try, and we scored it. We scored a try first, and they scored, and they they kept the lead for most of the game. But it just it. I I remember that that game was probably one of the toughest games I was involved involved with. It was just a really dour struggle, and. Um, yeah, I, 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 I sort of given up thinking now uh, they're going to beat us. And then there was a few penalties in a row. They, they, um, uh, Craig, Craig Young, a couple of penalties down the field, and we kicked, kicked out. And then we, we ended up defending our line at one particular stage. We got a couple of penalties, and then we ended up down that way. And then Sterlo tapped the ball, and he was he nearly made it himself. He nearly scored the try himself, but then. Um, it came out my way, and then uh, the the brilliance of uh, Brett Kenny. He um, sort of swerved, and he went around a couple of players, and he realised that I had no one on me. And he passed an overhead pass, and yeah, and I just had I had a, 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 a track to the to the corner of the field, and I just ended up diving over, and um, and I had unfortunately yeah, for Sludge and, and Sludge, and I got to know Sludge really well at my eighty two Kangaroo to best bloke ever, and and I just. I remember having that double feeling. I remember feeling for him because I knew that it was important to him to make the grand final, mm. and he hadn't he hadn't won one, um, and and then we and then that feeling of God, we got out of this, we got out of jail, and so it was a bit of a mixture of things, you know. And I, I yeah. remember looking looking down at my feet and realizing it was uh, sludge, and I felt for, sorry for him straight away. But we were very lucky that day. They they had the yeah, that that day they had the wood on us. Mm. And you won four comps, Guru. I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. Which was your favourite one? 81, 82, 83, or 86? Yeah, they've all got their special little moments, but for, for me, 81, because the, the area hadn't had had that before and, and, and the, the scene at the, um, the Leafs Club after the game, and that was just amazing. It was just like we were rock stars and there was this big crowd and it just meant so much to the, for the area. So for me, those those moments were, were probably the most special. And you retired 1990, uh, age just 30. What was the reason there? Um, again, it was yeah, it was part of that self esteem thing that I didn't, I never had. Uh, that you know, to be tough and to and to train hard and 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 to try and maintain, try and maintain that. You know, I I yeah, I fell away pretty quickly with my um, yeah, my men- I didn't have any mental toughness and. And um, I remember I was looking for excuses to um, to retire, and um, I remember Mick Craner was going to be the coach in 1990, and I I'd, uh, I had the I had the um, the time the time off after the uh, 89 season, and I just had a lot of in- injuries in regards to my knees and stuff like that. So it was a real struggle for me to to get up anywhere near that I where I was before that, and um, yeah, and I, I wanted to stay under. Crow because I got so much respect for the Crow and um, but it was I played a trial match against Canterbury at Granville Oval there and I I realised I just mentally I just I should let this go so I went and saw um, Dennis Fitzgerald and I said mate I've had enough this is before the, the season kicked off and uh, he understood and uh, everything was fine I I got I didn't get any money for that particular year I my missus wasn't happy because I didn't tell my <laughs> missus about it at the time too I it was something that was in my head for about three months uh, leading up to it. And I just, I knew she didn't, I didn't, 
she didn't want me to retire, but I knew that I had to. So, yeah. yeah. Was, was there an attempted comeback with Balmain? Am I imagining that? Or was there some talk there with the <laughs> It feels like a bit of a dream, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I remember I, I, it was Wayne Pierce's testimonial, I think, Jimmy. Is that correct? We, yeah, we 90, met, 90, we, 1990. Well, 1990 was his last year. 1990, yeah. We went to a function and I went to that function. To um, celebrate Junior's career, and then yep. I was talking to Jimmy, and I said I was feeling pretty good, and I'd had had that rest, and mentally I was feeling good. And Jimmy said, "Why don't you have a, have a go and have a try?" And then did um, I? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. You talked you talk, you into it, Jimmy. You actually did I, into really? It. <laughs> and I, I went I went home and I thought, yeah, I might try this. And then you you're talking about Alan Jones, and uh, yeah, you got me in touch with Alan Jones. Oh well, just as well he didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> He's not yeah. going to run oh, AJ. Been, would have been great. You'd have fit in well with AJ. Well, he he he, uh, he really he was really good actually. And I, um, yeah. my knee was pretty pretty shot. And he said I I met up with him and he said we'll get that knee fixed. I'll take take it to Merv Cross and we'll, yep. we can have a look at it. So I met up with him there and yep. they had a look at it and they said yeah we can fix that. Um, so I started training for a little bit. What was the trainer's name? Um, Les Hobbs. Les Hobbs, great bloke. Yeah. And he, he got me doing some um, swimming yeah. uh, for, a, for a month or so just to strengthen the leg. And halfway through that, I, I've gone, what what am I doing? Settle mm. down. Just just well, forget it. We could have had Eric the Guru on one wing and Darren Clark the Olympian on the other wing. That would have been a great combination. <laughs> so I, look, I'd be upset if I wasn't captain either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Warren Bowling <laughs> on the wing, yeah. yeah. Now, Gary, did you ever pull on the filthy uh, black and gold? No. Never, yeah. You okay. never pulled on a jersey? No, 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 I didn't make – that was just the pre-season. I, yeah, I just okay. did some training and then I pulled out halfway through the training. Oh, that's a pity. That's a pity because you would have you would have lasted another two years in that side. No, nah, he's a one club man. He's have to run. You didn't have to run. You had to just be there. I'm glad it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's talk a bit of uh, origin now. Actually, before we do that, was there was there a game that you played for Parramatta, or it can be reps as well, which you consider your best game? Uh, I'd have to say that that final against St George, the one that you just uh, mentioned. Um, yeah, for for me, that was the, one of the toughest games I played in, and um, yeah, I just felt like I was I was pretty involved in that game, and I, I felt pretty. Pretty good about myself. I remember after the game, you know, obviously because we won, but I, I yeah. felt that I had I had something to do with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. What? Um, also, what was it like watching your son Eric Junior come through and play at the highest level as well? Uh, look, that was amazing. Um, especially from where it came from in regards to there's a period of the time, and Jimmy knows this when they're you know when they're 15, 16, 17, and he, he played all the uh, junior reps at Parramatta SG Ball, um, and then he just faded away from the game. Um, I think, yeah, I think there was some, uh, yeah, the girls and all that sort of stuff and chasing skirt. And then, um, yeah, and then all of a sudden from from 15 to 16, he didn't do anything. And then at 18, 19, he started training. Um, he started, yeah, he just, he, he was a different person and he started training and he, um, he wanted to trial at West, which we were living out that way, down at Cameltown. And he, um, Parramatta got wind of it, and they they rang him up. Said if you're still keen to to you know if you're getting back into it, we'll we'll uh, sign you up and stuff like that. So 
yeah, that, that came out of nowhere. And when they, then he played and uh, he, was, he was growing up. And he was pretty much like me in regards to mental attitude and stuff like that. Um, so he, yeah, so I felt sorry for him that he had that sort of attitude that he got from me and stuff. But yeah, and then he um, he got to a point where he went to, he, he, Paramount let him go, he went to Roosters, and then he um, he learned to be tough, mentally tough with Ricky Stewart and um, Cartwright. Um, they they really toughened him up, and he came back to Parramatta as a different person. And he and and the game in those days, the winger had to do he he his work rate was fifty times mine ever was. Sure. And it's just a, it was a different game, and he just had you had to you had to mm. take those runs, those tough runs, and mm. yeah, he, and he yeah, I was yeah. very proud of watching play. It was fantastic. He had your traits too. He had the same sort of gait. He had the he had the fend, and I remember a lot of people was would, would just naturally compare him to you. And I know that used to bug. Brian Smith, the Eels coach, if you ever said that to Brian, he'd go, oh, leave him alone, he's a different player and all this. But the the, the similarities were obvious. So there would have been a bit of pressure on him, you know, with the famous name and playing for the same club. Yeah, he, well, he, he never really – we never really sat down and spoke about that. He, uh, we've, we've said a few things over the time now, recently and stuff like that, but um, it never really bothered him. He was a real cool sort of a dude. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it, he, it never – we, we, we never sat down and actually spoke about anything like that. He just sort of let things flow. Okay, what was it like being in Blues camp with one G Jack? <laughs> I, what a, what an experience! I mean, yeah, to have have the famous Jimmy Jack have, as a roomie, and then uh, to be playing with him was yeah, it was it was amazing. The, the as you know, Jimmy, the state of rise is just a different animal, and yeah. Um, yeah. the part of, part of that um, self esteem for me that was a bigger hurdle to get over than your normal club footy. It was. Um, yeah, that was that was the games that were, that were so tough, and now Queensland was so hell bent on on um, you know beating us. Yeah, I, I came into Origin in '84. That was my first year, and Eric had been there before. And and and, and you're like you're saying you're in all, mate. I, I'm playing with you. I was in all of you, Sterling, Brett, Zippy, all you guys are my teammates in '84. And I'm going, wow, I'm I'm part of this New South Wales side. These blokes are they've won three competitions in a row. Like I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it, you know. So I was in, I was oh, starstruck. Cool. I was starstruck with you guys, and for me, it was just that we developed a mateship. You know, we, we developed a mateship. You know, we were roomies, and we were roomies a few, a few times together, and, and that, that bond. And you get to meet blokes from different clubs, and yeah, and that's 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 the real beauty that you take out of it. And you know, we, we had respect for each other, but we had lots of good times together. Like I remember sitting around the piano. I remember. We're playing Billy Joel songs or whatever. <laughs> That's right. And up at Rosie's and all that sort of stuff. When uh, oh Rosie's, yeah. Well, well the, the difference in those days, Jimmy. We used to they, the coach would say, uh, "Okay, go go and have a couple of drinks for a few days, and then come back, and we'll, we'll yeah. see you at training on three days later." Yeah, yeah we, we catch catch up Thursday, and you would start training on Sunday for the Tuesday game. Yeah, that, that was that <laughs> all the bonding we had. Uh, you know, it was. Um, it was a special era, and it was it was great. And that built that built up the mateship, and it built up the the camaraderie between us. It's what we won that we won it in eighty five and eighty six because of that camaraderie. There was a yeah. nucleus of of Eric, uh, Chris Mortimer, uh, Sturlo, Bert, you know Wayne Pierce, Blocker, Benny. There was a nucleus there, and, and that's that's Mick, the key. Mick Potter. That's what. That's what yeah. Who? Mick Potter. He was on the bench. Yeah, he couldn't <laughs> couldn't quite make the team. <laughs> uh, he still got on. No, he didn't get on. No, but it was that, it was that mateship that, that that all of a sudden we did a Queensland on Queensland. 
We did a Queensland on them, and we we got it. That that era got it, and you were part yeah. of it. I was part of it. It was just a, just a great era, mate. I tell you what, Guru got you got a backhander from Choppy Close. Did that hurt at the time? And and if you forgive him, um, yeah, look, it, it it hurt the ego more than anything else. But uh, I remember being a little bit sort of jaded from the tackle. I tackled Colin Scott, and then um, this big monster started pulling my head hair in those days. He pulled pulled to, pulled my head up with it, and um, and then slapped me. But uh, that yeah, that very moment for me was that. How serious are these guys? You know, this means so much to them. You know, and and and, and that moment left me behind a little bit. I thought, wow, if you wanted that bad, you can have it. You know, <laughs> that's not the attitude to have, Eric. I know, I know, and I and, and you being my roommate, mate, I developed. A little, I got a little bit tough. Man. I got a little but bit he, tough. he just hates New South Wales for choppy, doesn't he? Just hates New he, South Wales. He does. He does. He did. Okay, yeah. you uh, you went to the Kangaroo Tour, the Invincibles, uh, nineteen eighty two. No, was it? Unbeatables was 86. Invincible was 82. Invincible 82, yeah. 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 So your, your test taboo was against Great Britain at Hull, 40-4 to four win and a, a try. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do, mate. It was a, a very special moment. Um, you heard so much about the, the kangaroo tours and, and what they meant to players and stuff and to be on it and to be around players that you, you – I used to swap the bubblegum cards of Rod Reddy and um, yeah. and um, you know guys like Ian Schubert and stuff. And Ian, yep. Ian Schubert was my roomie and – Taught me everything I know. Um, it, but, yeah, it was amazing to be a part of that group and we just kept winning and kept winning and it was just an amazing, amazing experience. Yeah. I, I, in 82, I just had a look here earlier. Eric played 14 games on tour, right? That's, that's a lot of games on tour. He scored 21 tries. So in 14 games, he scored 21 tries. Terry Lamb played 20 games in 86 for us and I think he got 19 tries. So Eric was always like a try and a half per game. Were you were you playing outside Sludge or outside Malmeninga? Um, both, mate. That helped. I mean, that was just amazing. I mean, they had Brett or Wally Lewis there and Sterlo, and then I had Mal and, and Sludge. And I, mate, the opportunities were just everywhere. It's just it was just and playing around those players. It just it, it lifts it lifts you mentally. And you know, what was Sludge? I never played with Sludge. I just missed him. How great! I know he's a great player, but how was he to play with? Mate, just sublime. It just, it just, without saying too much, without him, him and I sort of communicating on the field. You just, you followed, and you could just see how sublime it was. He was just, he was, he was amazing, and an even more amazing bloke. He's just a great guy. Did you play in the game in France where Zip Zip scored seven tries? No, <laughs> no. I actually, no. I had that day off. I remember. I remember that day. Yeah, he hogged it. So he's a hog. He didn't pass it. <laughs> what about? Hang on. I, I look at the stats here, and it says you kicked a goal on that eighty-two-two. I think from France in France. Was it from the sideline? I mean, was this a hidden talent that Big Jack missed? Yeah, there was actually it was there was sleet. It was it was the worst day ever, and was uh, right right on the sideline. And <laughs> I, li- I lined it up. I couldn't see. Any, I coun't see five feet in front of me, and this thing just went straight between the posts. What from the no, sideline? Actually. No, it was it was right under the post. We were winning um, fifty nil, and and then they said whoever scores can take the kick. So I sc- I yeah. scored a try, and it was under the post. Yeah. Yeah. And I kicked I kicked this, and and it just scraped over the black dot. It actually scraped black <laughs> dot. I, I just got it over. Was that your wow. only goal? Only career goal? Yeah, that's the only one. Yeah. So I never kicked goals kicked, training either. <laughs> both of you guys kicked one goal for your career, Jimmy. You got just that. No, one. I, I kicked one in one in the NRL and one in England, so I kicked two. 
Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100 percent better than you. So you were selected, uh, Eric, for the 1986 Kangaroo Tour, but you were ruled out. What happened there? Um, yeah, a lot of things, mate. That, that was around the time where I started, uh, yeah, losing that uh, that mental attitude and uh, self esteem and stuff like that. I I wanted to go. I, I was having a battle with it myself, you know. I, I wanted to go. I had my knee after the '86 Grand Final blew up, and I needed a couple of days extra to sort of put, get it down and stuff like that. But they they didn't accept that. They I asked them if because I remember in '82 a couple of players were injured, and they they didn't have to play the first couple of games over there so they could um, rejuvenate themselves. And so I asked for, I asked for that um, grace, if they could give me the first game off, if that was the case, just to get the new. And they said, uh, they said, no, they, they wanted players to be totally fit. And I didn't fight it, you know, and then I was having issues. I, I was going to miss the kids. I had a young family and um, yeah, I, so I, yeah, it, it was easy it was easy for me to pull out, but at the same time, it was so hard for me to soon go that I could have been there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember Remember, there was a photo taken of the SCG looking down on the field and all of us guys selected were in the, and you were in the photograph. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you are in the photograph to go on tour. And then I think yeah. we, went to, we went to Papua New Guinea and played a test up there. I you didn't go up there. And then we no. found out up there in Papua New Guinea that you'd been ruled out. Yep. And then Greg Alexander came in to replace you. Yeah, but, you know, it's funny, you know, they say that you had to play, you know, otherwise they wouldn't pick you, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't think Steve Folks played a game until we got to France, you know. You know. Oh, okay, yep, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Just to finish, um, when are Parramatta going to break the premiership drought and can you believe the Eels haven't won since you held up the, uh, the shield and the trophy back in 86, what was that, 35, 36 years ago? Yeah, look, yeah, they they definitely have the potential to do it, and I thought they had the potential to do it a couple of years ago, and, and last year they were a little bit unlucky uh, as well. But um, they got they got the wood on the on the big the big teams like Penrith and, and and the Storm, so they're capable of of mixing it. There's no doubt about it. They've just got to get it right on the day, I guess. And um, yeah, I, yeah, for, for, yeah, for me, it's it it's any. I mean, we were unlucky in 2009 when, when Eric Jr. Yeah. was playing. Yeah. They um, got beat. Um, and they were unlucky before that too in 2000. In 2000 where, well, not unlucky. They, yeah. got, they got smacked by Newcastle, but they were expected to win. So there's been a couple of opportunities there that went, went missing. Um, and, and saying that, I mean, I, I went to the funeral yesterday of um, Eddie, uh, Ted Sokowitz, yeah. um, and, and he was – he was part of the 76-77 team that just missed out by a pubic hair to win the, com- mm. win the competition against mm. Manly and Cronulla. Mm. Um, uh, Manly and St George, sorry. George, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, they could have won too. And, and it would have made probably sliding doors, you know. They, if they won those two two games or won one of those games, it might might have made difference to what we did in the 80s, you know. They, they were the... The, the 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 start of it, and then yep. we we were lucky enough to have luck and, and and win those those times. So, they yeah look, they 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 can definitely can win. They they definitely can win. And 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 this year it would surprise me if they turn around. I mean, when two thousand nine when Eric was playing, they won nine in a row to make the grand final, and they their season before that was like it was just they were in the middle of the pack. Yeah, and come and, from nowhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Storm were a million bucks over the cap, but we won't talk about that. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think about what do you think about Parramatta shopping their coach around, Eric? They're not shopping the coach around. Stop trying to start trouble. We're trying to win a comp here. Um, I I saw a little bit of that on YouTube. Actually, yeah, that's it's not hard to get a story going, is it these days? Uh, yeah, nah, nah. Jimmy, any last <laughs> any last comments? Oh no, nah, look, it, it's Eric. I love you, Eric. You're you're a great fella. It's great to play with you. It's great. Love you too, mate. Yeah, I love you too, buddy. You don't say enough to each other. Yeah, that 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 made ship, and even though we haven't seen each other a great deal, let's make an effort and catch up for a chat and have a coffee or whatever. And you know, it, absolutely, it's, I'm I'm glad you're well, and congratulations on you know you don't need me to say that. Congratulations on a, on a great career, but I'm glad that you're so much happier in yourself now. That's fantastic, and you know, I just wish you all the best, buddy. Thanks, mate. Thank thank you very much, Jimmy. Mate, I've got a heap, heap of respect for you. I know you've been through some um, health problems and stuff, mate. So. Mate, let's get together, have a coffee, and let's, let's yeah. uh, stay in touch. And Horse, thank you, mate. Thank you very no, much. For... No, pleasure uh, chatting to you, Guru. I know you've got a lot of fans out there. I know they'll enjoy yeah. this very much. Thanks for being so open here on the fan, and it's a very important message that you provided earlier as well. So take care and all the best for the future. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eka. Eka. Well, Gaz, what an open and honest interview that was uh, with an old mate of yours there, the Guru. Uh, quite confronting at times too. Uh, one of rugby league's biggest names, who just um, let it all out, didn't he? But it's great to see that he's recognised he had a few problems and he's addressed that. Mm. He's changed his ways and he's now on the right path. Yeah, yeah. See, there's there's lots to go on behind the scenes, and Eric's been a very always been a very honest and open person. And it's look, I think full credit to him for for telling his story here today on our show. And wow, you know, I, I didn't know uh, some of the stuff that he told, and it's really just uh, it opens your mind up to what what can get, what goes on behind the scenes, you know, after you finish playing footy. So full credit, to Eric. He's got plenty of support from myself and you, um, and I'm sure lots of people will respect him for for coming out with his open um, assessment of his life, and he's turned it around, and he's on he's on the straight and narrow now. So that's great to see. Yeah, very moving also to hear the love between you two fellas and. Great to see you're going to have a coffee date. Just do me a favour yeah. when you catch up for a coffee. Will you pay? Will you? Oh, will you stop t- it! Stop it! That's it. That's there's no need for that. I, listen, help me out. I've got a, I've got a gold card from Oliver Brown, so I'll just put it on that. Right. You haven't used that for me yet. Yeah, I know. I'm still I still have those what, those Cheerios, don't I? Whatever uh, they're called, Cheerios, yeah, Cheerios, Cheerios, Cheerios things, yeah. So, also, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll catch up the next couple of weeks for sure. And, um, you know, I just I really feel for the bloke. He's, he's a lovely fella. And, uh, you know, we all need a, a, a ex-teammates that, that rally around you and support you. So I'm, I'm happy to – he's a great fella. Yeah, in all seriousness, you could tell that he enjoyed opening up, especially to yourself, Jimmy, because you played yeah. so many games together at rep level and played against each other yeah. a lot. And I think um, it yeah. really helped Eric to have a chat to you. And we wish yeah, you all I think the best. Too, yeah. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of The Fend and, uh, of course, brought to you by George's Fine Meats Cherrybrook. We, we did miss the one tackle with Eric Groth, which we didn't talk about, where we'd spoke during the week and he said, I said, mate, I'll make you look good. I'll let you score on the corner. He said, okay, I'll let you score on the corner. And then he said to me, I said, what about if you get in the clear? And he said, I'll come in, I'll go out, I'll come in, I'll go out, and you can tackle me. Right. And lo and behold, he pushes off Russell Gartner Sprints 50 metres down the touchline. I come across, lining him up for the sideline to, to push him over. The great area growth in full flight. He looks at me. I look at him. He goes in. He goes out. He goes in. He goes out. 
and I would tackle him and roll him over the touchline. And they've got a standing ovation about two metres short of the trial line at, at Parramatta Stadium. What a great tackle by Jack. No one knows now. They all know. Wow. <laughs> he, did, he did exactly what he told That's me he hilarious. was going to do during the week. That's that shows you just, you know, he, he could have just, yeah, not done it, but he did. And um, <laughs> I, Bud said, thank, I exactly said, thanks, Eric. He said, That's okay, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm glad we finally got to that Russell Gartner reference. Yes, the Russell Gartner. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he was like confetti, poor old frogs. <laughs> he went get out of me way. Like up till up till 80, 86, Eric was at his best. He was a yeah. After that, he sort of faded away a little bit. But from eighty one, eighty to eighty six, he was the most devastating runner in the game. Like guys that are hard to tackle, Chicka Ferguson and complete opposites, Eric Growth, and he was just a, a freight train trying to tackle a freight train head on, a bit like Mel Meninga. Yeah, the good old 80s. Take me back, Jimmy. It was a great era. Uh, thanks again for your hard work in the Fend episode 19 of Series 3. Brought to you by George's Fine Meets We'll chat again soon. 